Welcome once again to another episode of Stew Him Productions presents JM Solve the World After, After Dark. Dark. I'm James. And I am Matt. And with us uh, for this episode of After Dark is a little fella we affectionately call Andrew. Bullwinkle. He likes to be called Bullwinkle, but it's actually Andrew. That'll <laughs> <laughs> <At> work. <laughs> Say hi, Andy. Hi, Andy. There you go. <laughs> um, the topic we're going to talk about, we kind of touched on on a different one, but this one um, is pro-gun. Um, I want to, uh, we can discuss um, carry, uh, gun of choice for carry. Uh, gun of choice for home defense. Um, you know, I don't hunt. I know you do, James. So, like, uh, hunting rifle of choice. Like to, but yeah. Right, but you're you're more of a hunter than I am. Right. In America, with with a gun. So, um, what is your carry gun of choice? Well, the one I own is a Smith and Wesson M&P shield in a nine millimeter. I I would love to get the M&P shield plus, which is a larger capacity double stack, but right now I still have the the first incarnation, and that's my carry gun because it fits well inside the waistband holster, and I honestly forget I have it on most of the time until I have to go take a poop or something and I undo my pants. It's like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, got my gun on. Oh, shit, there it is. How do you carry? Uh, appendix, hip, behind I, the back? I carry a hip about four, four or five o'clock. Okay. On my hip. Andy, do you carry a gun? No, I don't. Well, you kind of do. It's in your vehicle. Well, yeah, I've got, I've got two in my vehicle, but when I'm working, I don't have anything. Right? Yeah, you can't. Just because DOT says that a driver cannot carry. Right. But there are some states, some companies that allow their drivers to carry. Which will make sense, but I mean, if you can't, then somebody wants to rob your load, you're like, take it. Um, now, here's... <laughs> Depending on what they are hauling. Now, here's, uh, here's a little tidbit of information, useless information, if you will. Okay. Say you get pulled over by the police. Okay, Highway Patrol, county, city, you know, whatever, DOT, and they want to search your vehicle. Okay. Say say they 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 say they have probable cause, and they think that that I'm carrying. Right. Okay. Whatever. They do not have the right to search you, unless they are putting you under arrest, which they would have to tell you the charges up front. They do not have the right to search you, your person. Okay. 
And that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, okay. Well, now I personally well, his company DOT and your company policy is you, well, you can't carry. Okay. DOT laws state that a driver cannot carry, a, you know, a gun, but with the shit that goes on, depending on where they're at. What are they supposed to do? You know, take their tire checker and okay, and smack somebody who who has a gun. You taking your tire checker to a gunfight? All, all <laughs> right. right. All, all I'm going to say. That's what I'm trying to say here. Go I'm going to say one name, and and then it, it'll be the end of that subject. There, Reginald Denny. Mm. Well, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, I personally, I carry a Glock 19, and when I do have it on my person, I'm carrying appendix uh, because that's the way that I trained with it. Uh, and then working and running a gun store, um, it was just having it right up in front. Yes. Well, here? No. no right appendix here. is in your front. Okay, sorry. Yeah. My bad, my uh, bad. Using a hard Kydex holster, mm-hmm. um, I could actually, because I always carried one in the chamber, full magazine, and I could put you my... Caught rock, ready to rock. rock. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Because, well, I mean, the thing is, is if you have to pull out your gun, you're, you're already at a disadvantage. Somebody already has to jump on you to begin with. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. So why would I want to pull my gun and then rack the slide? Because I'm already at a disadvantage if I have to draw. That means that person is has already got the beat on you while you're, right. right? You know, right? Right. You're like, hang on a second. Yes. Now we're even. Now, yeah, no, no. Um, but not. But with my Kydex holster, I can hold the holster upside down by the very tip, and my weapon's not falling out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, now, right now, I'm a little pudgy. See, that's the only thing I didn't. I don't think I would like about an appendix carry. I mean, as far as getting to it, it might be a little quicker. But at my job, I'm up and down, right, and just bending over mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I think it would bother me to do that. Now, if I had it more over to the side, that way you still have movement. Over, yeah, that's what I like about my four, four or five o'clock. Right. You know, I mean, I can get, I mean, it's right above my wallet. So, there you go. Somebody has a beat on me and says, give me your wallet. Like, All right, hang on. Yeah. And when yeah. I reach back to get my wallet. Eat that, motherfucker. He's not getting my wallet. He's getting right. a nine millimeter. <laughs> right. He's got a nine pointed at him. Well, and. No, he's got a nine in his chest. Well. So, I you always. Don't, you don't pull out and His face or right. chest, whatever. Um, for me, I'll, and I'll say this, when I worked at the gun shop and I was carrying every single day in the appendix, mm-hmm. it's what pushed me to lose the weight around my waist. Right. Um, so I could carry and not print, you know, I could carry and fuck sit in my truck and drive home and not have to pull it out of my waistband, mm-hmm. even though I generally would and set it 
in between the seats anyways, so it's right there. But that way, you know, it's what, what easy like, access. What I like about mine, where it's at, is if you look at me head on, you're not seeing a print of any kind because it's more behind me. Right. But then I always carry my phone in my phone holster on that same side, and it prints bigger than my gun ever does. Right. So it's like, because I usually have my shirt, I don't tuck my shirts in. It's like, is that a gun or a phone or, you know. Right. Try them and find out, you know. You know. <clears throat> you know, uh, and, I, and, oh, my God. And even printing is still concealed. Yes. Say what? Even if your gun prints, you know, if, if your shirt's a little tight or whatever, <gasps> and you can you can see part of the the grip or something mm-hmm. like that. That's still concealed. Okay. And people don't know what that is for sure. Right. Unless you pull it out. Right. Right. And that's, and I mean, even if you take your shirt up and behind it, even though the gun is still in the holster and you put your shirt behind the grip, so now the grip is visible, mm-hmm. that is considered, what the fuck did I get on my shirt? Um, yeah, that is right. considered brandishing. Mm-hmm. And that is illegal in most states. Okay, okay. Not in Missouri when it's open carry everywhere you go. <clears throat> ah, see, but that's the thing is you're oh. going from concealed okay. to now because you're not, um, your holster is not on the outside of your your pants or your shorts or right. whatever you're wearing. So it, it's still an inside the waistband, but now you're brandishing it. Ah, I see. You're showing it off at that yes. point. Yeah. Um, weapon of choice for home defense. Twelve gauge shotgun. Prefer- <laughs> preferably a pump action. Yeah. Just to let the bad guy know you're in the other room and say, yeah. "You better leave." Reason reason I like the twelve gauge shotgun as opposed to an AR or something like that is. If bad guy steps into your bedroom doorway and you shoot them, those slug, those pellets are going into them and not a whole lot further. Where if you just shoot an AR in your house at a bad guy, it's going to go through him and the wall and maybe into your kids, grandkids, your pet. Right. Whatever else. That's why I... You know, as far as, you know, middle of the night break-in, home defense, I like a 12-gauge shotgun. Andy, you do have an opinion on that? Whatever gun you got. Well, then there's that. I mean, <laughs> while I was trucking. Trucking. I never had a gun. Sorry. In my pickup, I've got a... We ain't had any smoking dope, so we can't do the rest of that song. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a 22 in the side of my console Mm -hmm. and a 45 still in the case. Ain't going to do you much good if somebody's... I get that. I, I said that, and I was waiting for that. But while I was trucking, you know, coast to coast, there were some places where I, w- I would have liked to have had one, but 
you know, like Compton, California, you know, mm. we were there in um, daylight. Okay, no problem. Or so I, so I thought, you know, I don't know. Or East Coast, West Coast, wherever. West Side. Say what? West Side. You know, West Side, East Side, whatever. How'd that go? Something like that? Something like that. Yep. Yep. But, you know. Live long and prosper. (laughs) I never needed it, you know. Yeah, we uh, stop truck stops, you know, swap swap out, you know, and drive. But as far as a uh, truck driver, if your truck was, you know, broke down, you'd best get everything out of it. Mm-hmm. Like a gun or... Magazines. I'm sorry, clips. Playboys. Uh, no, no, hustlers, clip, no clips. Clips. Magazines. Clips. I'm sorry, clips. Swank. Clips. Squirt. What are you like? Nipple clamps, or you know, what? what, I what said are we magazines. You know, <laughs> clips. No, see, I, I knew exactly what you, you were know, talking about when you said magazines. Gun, you know, gun clips. What are you, you clipping it to your belt? I mean, what is it? Just hanging there like a like a D ring? Or I mean, what are we? You're fucking with me now, ain't you? <laughs> yes, I am. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, I'm talking gun clips. You know, bullets, whatever. Yeah. Magazines yeah. or speed loaders, if you carry a revolver. If your truck was in a shop, your personal unhealth care. If your truck was in a shop and that mechanic found that, he was, by law, supposed to report you. And then you would get, you know, getting all kinds of bullshit. And then I would whip that motherfucker's ass for being up in the cab of my truck, rooting around like a fucking thief. Well, no. Depending on what was wrong with your truck, he might have had to be in the truck. Uh, your bunk heater or whatever, whatever he was in that truck for, you know, I trying don't to no fix. in my refrigerator. If he found something that he shouldn't have, then he was, you know, by rights, you know, by law, by no, law, not rights, law. Right. Well, okay. I'm sorry. I used wrong term. My bad. Fuck. Can't take these guys anywhere. Son of a bitch. By law, he was supposed to report you. In which, you know, Trailliner had, uh, yeah, I dropped a name. Who I worked for said, no guns. He does not speak for the brand nor the company. No. Well, I may have a. He's wearing the shirt, which was on the video podcast earlier, so. (laughs) I may be wearing the shirt, but, you know. Anybody can pick anything up at Goodwill. That's right, it. or a garage sale. Yard Ooh. sale, whatever, you know. Right price, you know, it can be yours. I, I've got a, I got a funny story that uh, involves but trucking and guns. Luckily. Trafficking guns, what? No, 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 no. <laughs> I never had a problem with that. 
anyway, go ahead, man. Back, back in the seventies, my dad was um, running. Uh, he ran a couple of loads up to Alaska, and dad always carried a twenty-five. Mm-hmm. And twenty-five we, what? 25, twenty-five caliber. Twenty-five caliber uh, pistol. Pistol. What? Pistol. Okay. Yeah, semi-automatic okay. pistol. <laughs> So which, when you cross which, the border, Gianni Russo said that was not powerful enough, right? Um, <laughs> but it would get their attention. Oh yeah. When, when you cross the border from the United States into Canada, mm-hmm. uh, they they check your vehicle, like they get inside well, and yeah, they yeah, right, right. They root around for everything. You know, they you know. Well, they found my dad's twenty five, and the Mounties had him fucking surrounded. Then they gave my dad. The gun back because they could not figure out how to unload it. And they had my dad unload it. Oh, well, these, you know, Canadian Mounties couldn't figure out a twenty-five. Well, dad spent a night in, in jail. And that was the last time he took a load to Alaska driving through Canada. Mm-hmm. Because every time after that he had to run to Alaska, he took the fucking ferry. From Seattle, Washington, all the way up to fucking Anchorage. A lot less bullshit to put up with. Yeah. Right. And, and you know, it's, who knew? Then you're in international waters, and it's the wild, wild west out there. Bingo. <laughs> Bingo, bango, bongo. Um, I, I, I have to agree with the 12-gauge, but I'm going to take it a step further. Mm-hmm. And instead of a tw- uh, 12-gauge pump mm-hmm. shotgun, I'm going with a KSG. Now, KSG is made by Keltec. It is a double barrel, 14 round fucking semi automatic shotgun. It has a piece behind the trigger that you switch the barrels. And I may or may not know a few guys in a state that I used to live in that have one that's loaded double lot buck in one chamber. Oh, shit. Dragon's Breath in the other chamber. Mm. Okay. And then okay. switch back and forth between Double Out Buck and Slug, Double Out Buck, and Dragon's Breath. Dragon's what? Breath is it's a white... Dragon's Breath. It, it is a white phosphorus round. It burns... Ooh. Yes. Oh, it burns you said phosphorus, I was like, oh, shit. 1,200... That's going to hurt. Yeah. We used to if start, you live through it. We used to start our uh, 4th of July uh, festivities... With a dragon's breath coming out of a uh, shotgun, out of a KSG, and I tell you what, oh, nothing shit. fucking sets sets the tone for the fireworks you're getting ready to fucking blow up than uh, a big ass ball of fire coming out at the end of a shotgun. Okay, a Fourth of July deal. You probably would want to set that off in your house, though. No. Or for a. At the bedroom door, boom. Oh, fuck. Now we got to call the fire department, too? <laughs> yeah, because, well, no, that's the thing is with white phosphorus, you're not putting it out with water. No. You have to smother it. Uh, that's that's why. Is that basically like magnesium and shit? Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, that's why. We'll see. And now there's a white phosphorus and there's a red phosphorus. <laughs> red doesn't burn as hot as white. But um, <clears throat> artillery has what they call shake and bake. You may have heard 
the term from Vietnam I'll, movies I'll and whatnot. I've seen Talladega Nights, Shake and Bake. Yeah, uh, <laughs> a little bit different. Okay. Um, but Shake and Bake is uh, HE or high explosive rounds followed by, or uh, uh, yeah, uh, it's a HE round and then a, a Willie Pete round or a White Phosphorus round. And you're shaking them with that high explosive round, and you're baking them with that woolly peat round, that right. that white phosphorus round. Well, and you you go back and forth because you'll you usually you have two guns firing, and then you put out the fire with dirt. Mm-hmm. You smother said fire with fucking dirt. Yeah, because if you put water on it, it just goes. It just, yeah, it, it, it gets hotter and it, goes, it spreads. Ha ha! Watch right. this shit. Hold my beer. Hold my beer. Said, watch this shit. The only reason I said to pump action because if you hear glass break through yeah. your front window and you grab it and you, hopefully the motherfucker will leave. Right before you have to shoot him. Now there's a uh, now the. Um, Oh, there's a couple of uh, weapons manufacturers that make, um, they look like a sawed-off shotgun, mm-hmm. but they're not sawed off, and it still has a 16-inch barrel, um, but it's it's more handheld, mm. and it's it's easier, because if you come around a corner and you've got a 24-inch a, a fucking shotgun barrel... Mm-hmm. And they didn't hear that clickety clack, you know. Somebody could see that barrel and knock it out of the way, and no big deal. But you get that little bitty one, and why do you, why do you go looking for them though? Maybe because you're a sadistic motherfucker and you love the hunt, or maybe you sit there on your bed and go, "As soon as I see you, you better announce who the fuck you are." <laughs> You know that that you Best could be do friend that. or foe. You could do that, but there there's some of us that no longer hunt uh, because we're we're back in the United States. Well, it's like I heard a close family member of mine say, "I don't go deer hunting because it's not fair because they they can't shoot back." Right. Well, you know. Yeah, you know, in Vietnam they shot back. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I, I, I generally went hunting. Not the deer. For yeah. those of you who are getting confused right now, but uh, I generally went hunting in foreign countries uh, with nothing smaller than a sixty millimeter mortar. Mm. Damn. Sixty, mil- 60 millimeters all the way up to five thousand pounds. No, 60 is only about 60 is like it, yeah. Millimeters. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. You're stuck on the American scale. Right, right. Sorry, one my mil- bad. One millimeter is about the thickness yeah. of a piece of paper. Your 60 is about yay big. Your 120 is a little bit bigger. Oh, shit. And then you get to the 155, which is oh. a tad bit bigger, or the 105. As Jerry is- Reed would say, honey, hush. What was that, the old... Uh, the Panzer tanks was like an 88 Shit. millimeter. Yeah. Like during World War II, I think yeah. they were like an 88 millimeter or something like that, um, which is a good chunk of lead. Yeah. The the yeah. Marine Corps, see, when I was in the Marine Corps, uh, we had 81 mortars, uh, and they were generally like six guns to a platoon. Mm. 
Andy, you remember watching World War Two movies where they dropped it in the tube? Mm-hmm. That's that's a mortar. That's a mortar. Um, and then okay, the army ran with one uh, twenties, and um, but then they would have sleeves that would go in the hundred the one twenty tubes to bring them down to an eighty one. But they they just they weren't accurate because you're putting a sleeve in, you know, you're bringing a 120 millimeter tube down to 81. Right. Mm-hmm. And for those that are listening, I was not a mortarman in the Army or the Marine Corps. Um, I was part of the artillery, kind of, sort of, in a roundabout way when I was in the Army. Uh, I never fired this shit because that's just ridiculous. You were communications, weren't you? In the Marine Corps, uh, in the Army, I was a Ford observer. I I Uh, told the artillery and the mortars where to shoot. Oh, you painted the target? Yes. Yeah. You said, you're here, here, fire. Right? Yes. Or if I'm wrong, tell me. No. You you had a... Did you have to call in the uh, mm-hmm. sites, or did you have the? Yeah. Well, I mean the the so the laser range finder will give you the distance from you to it, mm-hmm. and um, as long as the um, FDC the fire direction center, as long as they knew where you were, you could give a fire mission, uh, what's called a polar plot. And that's uh, all you're giving is the direction from you to the target Mm -hmm. in mils and the distance from you to the target in meters. And with that, they plot it on their big map. They're like, okay. And then they tell the guns, hey, this is what you need to set your shit to to shoot this fucking target. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then, I mean, that was... In my opinion, uh, a polar mission was a bitch way of fucking doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, grid mission, that was that was when you knew that you were the shit because that's when you're... You locate the target visually and then you locate it on the map and you give the FDC a um, an eight-digit or a ten-digit grid. Uh, An eight-digit grid is going to get you within 100 meters. Mm-hmm. No, 10 meters. Uh, A 10-digit grid's going to get you within one meter. Now, the, the uh, explosion, so 120-millimeter mortar, the kill radius, like the, the definite 100% kill radius is 75 meters. From point of impact. So with the 10, mil, 10, 10 meter, you use close enough. Yeah. Yeah, generally it was always just an eight-digit an eight digit grid. So the old, the old saying, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades and mortars. Yes. Because we, <laughs> we actually looked it up, um, you know, with the, uh, the blast radius is 100 meters. Mm-hmm. The kill radius is 75. Right. So with... A gun line of four 120-round mortars could simply destroy a fucking football stadium. 
Right. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> and, that, and that's 120 millimeter mortars. Now, they can only go 7,200 meters. That is their max effective range. Now, uh, a 155 has 19.5 kilometers. 19.5 kilometers. Which is about 10 miles. Yeah. yeah. And then we can put a rocket propelled uh, projection on it to make that bitch go even further. So fuck you way over there and fuck you way over there. <laughs> ha ha. Daddy's home. Now, now whatever happened to wait till you see the whites of their eyes? Um, yeah. that, <laughs> that was with muskets. <laughs> yeah. Fair and love more. Um, yeah. w- whenever the Gatlin gun was, uh, yeah. was made. <laughs> yeah. Fucking the whites in their eyes. Uh, I can see we're, them. We were watching the Patriot. Uh, was that last night? I guess. But you know, when they don't, the militia was doing the guerrilla warfare. That made sense to me. Yes. But then when they got to the regular army part of it, and, uh, you know, this is 1776, 1775, whatever time frame it was, they're standing shoulder to shoulder. Yep. The muskets back then was a ball. Mm -hmm. If I aimed at you with that musket at 20 yards away. It might hit you, and it might not. It would probably hit about... 10, 20 feet over to one side of you. Right. So these guys said, well, we got to line up shoulder to shoulder so we can make sure somebody gets hit. Yes. I mean, couldn't they do it like like in the NFL today and do a spread offense where everybody's about six meters apart? <laughs> right. You know? Instead of going, okay, they're volleying. Oh, shit, Bob died. It's our turn. Yeah. <laughs> right. And now, and now now we've shown our rounds. Now we go fight hand to hand. Right. <laughs> it, I don't know who came up with that. I mean it was a gentleman's strategy of fighting too. Well, and your your first rank would kneel mm-hmm. and the second rank would shoot. And then the second rank would kneel and the first rank would stand and shoot. Mm-hmm. And they would go back and forth like that. Right. The second rank would fucking reload. And but I think a lot of people could have survived if they'd have just spread the fuck out a little bit. What? Because <laughs> that was military intelligence. An oxymoron. That... Two words combined that can't make sense. <laughs> Correct. The checks in the mail. Okay. That's four words. Well, and who, who writes a thing. check anymore? This guy. I do. Every week. Fuck that. I get a check. You write, yeah. a, you write a check every week? No, I get a check every oh, week. I do too. No, I, mine's every two weeks. It's a month. So... Back to guns. Since we're talking about guns. Yes. Pro and con. Open carry, concealed carry. Matt, go. Um, 
I'm I'm gonna say um open carry as a con one hundred percent. Uh because it in, in my opinion, uh my opinion and a dollar a buck and a half will get you a cup of coffee. 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 And any Starbucks, di- yeah, but, in any yeah. diner in America. Um open carry is the worst thing ever. Uh, reason being is you paint yourself as a target. Yep. Uh, concealed carry, again, in my personal opinion, I think everyone should. But at the same time, I also believe that you should have proper training Yep. before you do any sort of carrying at all. Yep. See, that's my deal. Uh, on open carry, I feel like if you're open carrying and you're at whatever big box store mm-hmm. and somebody, some bad, some guy with bad intentions comes in there and he sees you open carrying one of two things are going to happen. First of all, he's going to see you and go, I got to shoot this motherfucker first. Right. Or he's going to go, maybe I don't need to do this today, but more than likely he's going to shoot you first. Mm-hmm. The constitutional carry thing, which Missouri passed here a few years ago when was his name Greitens was governor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the stupidest fucking thing because you should have to go to at least a concealed carry class, in my opinion, because you should you should at least know how to load your weapon and fire your weapon in a safe manner. Mm-hmm. I agree you know, 100%. Because since they passed that law, it, and I don't know if accidental shootings have gone up in Missouri. I haven't looked at the statistics. But in my mind, there's a lot of people, especially with the pandemic of 2020, and there was even a lot of liberals or people that would have never thought about owning a gun said, oh, shit, we need a gun. Never fired a gun, never, you know, and now they can go buy a gun and carry it and not know anything about it. I mean, I was raised around guns. My dad always had hunting rifles. I mean, I was, you know, shooting a twenty-two when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. And you always, you know, on the same token, me and my friends played with toy guns because there's a lot of people who go, oh, they need to ban toy guns because that teaches the... No, we knew it was a toy because we knew dad's guns were real. Right. You know, and dad's guns, whether they were or whether they weren't, it was like, those are dad's guns. You don't touch them. They're loaded. You don't touch them. Right. Unless dad says, come on, son, we're going to go out and shoot some bottles. But a lot of people that have never, you know, there's a lot of people bought guns during the pandemic that have never fired a gun. Right. And that makes absolutely no sense. Why are you buying a gun during a pandemic? What are you going to do? You're going to shoot the virus? Well, they were, no, they were afraid that it was, the apocalypse was coming and they're going to have to, you know, I don't, I don't, um, it's the, How do I describe this? It's the the fear the fear mentality that people get, you know, whenever 
shit's going sideways and they're going, oh my God, we got to do, you know. Uh, it's, it, yeah, it's the knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. It's just like uh, after the unfortunate, damn, excuse me, uh, after the un, uh, unfortunate events that happened in Sandy Hook. Right. You know, too many people thought that uh, they're going to take our guns. Oh, yeah. Motherfucker, please. And and the president at the time, uh, former President Obama, never once said anything about never once anything about anything gun about, control. Nope. But the price of an AR but, skyrocketed. Yep. And at that time, it, you know, and I, I don't mean to get too political here, but at that time, that's when the right said, "Oh, they're going to take our guns," and they put out the propaganda, and everybody. You know, it's our Second Amendment right, blah, blah, blah. and they started buying up all the fucking ammo and yep. the 22s you couldn't buy because the survivalists were going, okay, which is easier to carry, 15,000 rounds of 22 in a backpack or 15,000 rounds of 3030s? Right. Well, you're not carrying 15,000 rounds of 3030s in your backpack. No. Or whatever. I mean, I don't, you know, I kind of skewed those numbers. I may be lying. But anyway, <laughs> but then they said that Obama had the military buy up all the five five six ammo, which is basically the same lead as a twenty two or something. Two two three. Two two threes. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. You know, I don't blame the guys that were going to the box stores and buying up all the twenty twos for twenty dollars a box. And then going to the gun shows and selling them for a hundred dollars a box—that's uh, bullshit. I blame the idiots who bought those boxes of ammo at the gun shows for a hundred dollars a box, right? Because it, if they hadn't been buying them, right, those other guys would have been buying them up and selling them for that much. <laughs> now, here here's the thing on military ammunition, uh, especially five five six. You've got two different types, but what's, what's that? Hang up. Was what was funny at the time. You couldn't buy a twenty-two, but you could buy a five-five-six all day at every Walmart. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah, you could buy five-five-six all day long. It's like, uh, and we can't buy a twenty-two to go squirrel hunting. What the fuck? Yeah, they um. So, a lot of the ammo that the military uses is made specifically for the military. And most indoor gun ranges will not allow you to use certain 5.56 ammo because it is meant for military use because it has a steel core. Uh, it, it's not... They don't have... At, the, at their range, they don't have a way of stopping that. Correct. Right. Or or it uh, degrades their uh, backstop right. so, so much. But the military does not buy ammo. The military has a contract with people that make ammo for them. Mm -hmm. So they, they don't have to buy up all the ammo. Right. Come on now. Yeah, it's, you know, it's with everything. They you start a narrative. It's all about making money. You have a point. You start a narrative and scare everybody, and all of a sudden, okay, I can take a $700 AR and charge $2,600 for it now. Well, and that's that's one of the things that happened to us 
is um, it got so hard to find weapons. Uh, to find ARs. Mm -hmm. And then when you did, you were paying... Uh, what did we... Uh, six, seven hundred dollars. Like, our cost was right. six, seven hundred dollars. Right. And then you got to turn around and you got to make a little bit of a profit on that. Right. And, yeah, I mean... Well, I, I know ARs at that time around here were going for over two hundred or two thousand dollars. Yeah. And, and they're not, and, and uh, they weren't they, Gucci fucking and ARs. They, and they couldn't keep them in stock. Right. <laughs> you know? they, they were, they were bullshit, yeah. like bottom of the barrel fucking rifles, not, not anything that had quality to them. Right. And I mean, I had, I had weapons that, uh, rifles that were like, if, if, if I sold one of these stupid rifles and I bought another one to replace it, I ordered another one to replace it. Well, here I got this one for 500 bucks mm -hmm. and it's a basic a two front sight, basic trigger, basic barrel, basic bitch fucking rifle. Right. Well, here I've got the same thing from a different company that I've had for a lot longer mm -hmm. and it's more money. Right. Because of what I paid for it. Right. And that's where, you know, the that price gouging came into play. It's just like after 9-11 when the gas prices went fucking oh, yeah. through the roof and people were... We had gas lines in Bolivar that day because people were like going, oh, they're going to shut down the pipelines and da-da-da-da-da. I'd filled up with gas the day before and... Whenever I left work, I'm going by, and and it was it was eerie because town was just fucking dead, except for all the gas stations. And people right. were lined up on the street to get into the gas stations. I'm like, really? And they'd already jumped the price by a buck or two, yeah, from what it was at eight o'clock that morning. Mm -hmm. And there's there was a gas station in Lewisburg that got closed down forever because he. Bumped his price up to like seven bucks a gallon. And after it's all said and done, the I think it was a state come in and said, or maybe it might have been federal, said if you if you jumped your prices more than X of amount of percentage, then you were getting a fine. Well, he got a hefty fine and Yeah. Closed him up. You know, and it's <clears throat> following the events of September 11th, 2001, um, you know, A, September 12th was the biggest patriotic day in modern times. Oh, yeah. Because nobody was... That was, uh, that was as big, maybe not as big, but it was close to after December 7th, 1941. You know, when, when every American was an American. Well, but the the thing, yeah, you know, the the big it, difference it there is Republican Democrat. You yeah. were, my God, these motherfuckers attacked yep. our soil. Yep, we we're going to band together. Nope. Nobody was, uh, uh, you know, European American, African American, Asian American, you know, whatever, something an American. No, everyone was. American. 
Right. Plain and simple. And, um, but, you know, seeing the lines at the gas stations, it, it wasn't that bad when, because I, I lived in Phoenix at the time, and it wasn't that bad in Phoenix. Um, I, I still got up that afternoon, and I still went to work that night uh, unloading trucks at Walmart. And, um, you know, nothing seemed out of the ordinary um, other than my daughter's mom was, like, really stressed because she thought I was going to get recalled mm-hmm. to the military. And I was trying to calm her down uh, because at that point she was two months away. Like she was month seven of uh, the pregnancy. Oh, yeah. And it's like, I'm not ready to be a dad yet. But, you know, um, two months later, it was the happiest day of my life. I cried like a little girl. And, um, yeah. Anyways, uh, back to guns. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, let's see here. What other than your everyday carry? What is your favorite gun? Probably by Smith and Wesson six eighty six, three fifty seven Magnum. Always wanted a three fifty seven Magnum. I want a forty four Magnum. Was it model twenty nine, dirty hairy gun? Yeah. But the three fifty seven is was one I always wanted and I and I got one here a few years ago and it's three inch barrel, which it's got a little pop to it, depending on how to how the three fifty seven she got, you know. But Andy had a three fifty seven he had the six eighty six with a six inch barrel. Mm-hmm. And we were target practicing one day, and actually, I could hit as good with my three inch as he did with his six, or I could shoot his six inch, and I could, I could shoot just as good with my three inch as I did with his six inch. Right. And the thing I liked about the three inch, there again, I've got a, I've got an outside the waistband holster for it, mm-hmm. which you throw, which it's a little bulkier than my M and P. Right. Quite a bit. You know, just because of the cylinder, it's a seven-round yeah. seven cylinder, which I didn't realize until after I owned the gun that the seven-round and the six-round, has it's the same cylinder width. It's just, it's more different. Right. You know? And, but anyway, I mean, I can throw a big T-shirt on or it's an overshirt on and it, it conceals just fine. Mm-hmm. Then about a shoulder holster for it, and apparently that's the thing that um, my daughter and her friend kind of think is sexy is a fucking shoulder holster. Because we were, it was funny one night here a few years ago. Uh, everybody ended up at our house, but we were under a tornado warning, mm-hmm. and so we went out to the garage because they have TV out in the garage. And it's like a few feet to our storm cellar from the garage. Right. Same time, my oldest grandson called me and said, hey, there's been a shooting just half mile down the road. 
So I was like, well, fuck. I mean, I already had my, my nine millimeter in my waist, so I threw that shoulder holster on and everything. And we went to the garage. Well, the girl showed up and everything, and I just had the shoulder holster on over my shirt. I mean, I wasn't trying to conceal nothing. And they're like going, that's pretty freaking hot. I'm like, really? I, I guess I should just wear this to town. <laughs> <laughs> I've never... Um... I never, I never liked, um, and this is just me personally. Mm-hmm. I never liked the shoulder holster, mm-hmm. just because of having it reach cross body. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad carries appendix, but he carries on the opposite side of his dominant hand, so mm-hmm. he's doing that that cross draw thing, mm-hmm. and doing. Uh, Dry fire exercises, doing uh, training classes and everything, it, it's the least amount of movements that mm-hmm. uh, ap- appeal to me. Right. You know, and I've, I've got it down, and you start slow, and it's because uh, I'm right-handed, so my left hand would grab my T-shirt, pull it up as my right hand's coming up, and it, it's all one fluid motion, and it's just... Have you seen those holsters that... You can, you're supposed to be able to wear it with shorts, whatever. It's got like a pull type thing that actually slides down the, the leg of your pants. Yeah. Um, you like pull John Wick. Uh, John Wick, uh, when he was wearing the suit, when he had uh, one concealed. Mm-hmm. That, that That's how, he, that's yeah. how it was done. It's like, yeah, that might be all right. Depending on how tight you got your belt. <laughs> Or how tight your belt fits on your fat belly. Very true. Um, but at the same time, um, yeah, again, it, it's if you have a quality Kydex holster, you don't need anything fancy. Right. You know, I've... Uh, See, mine's a, mine's a crossbreed, or crossbreed. Leather and Kydex. Leather and Kydex. Well, I mean, there is a company called Crossbreed. Yeah, that's what I that's what I got. It's, yeah. it's leather that fits up. It's actually you can get the horsehide or the cowhide. Yeah. And mine's got the the leather that fits up next to your body, mm-hmm. and then the Kydex that holds your weapon. Right. And it it works really good. Yeah. Um, and they, they they make a they make an appendix carry holster too. Right. Yeah, there's um, there was a couple of companies when I was down in uh, Tennessee that uh, would come in and try to get I, us I to carry cro- their holsters. I think Crossbreed is actually out of Springfield, Missouri. I think so. Yeah. Um, I know there's there's another company called 1811 mm-hmm. that I've seen, uh, and they've actually came in quite a bit. But. Um, yeah, I just, for for me, it was always Kydex. But then again, I also wear an undershirt. Oh, I do I've, too. I've always wore an undershirt, so anything being against my skin, yeah, it's, it, it is what it is. Um, Actually, what's funny is I can I can wear my holster with that, the horsehide leather uh-huh. inside. It feels a little weird, but what bugs me more is if I got my fucking cell phone. In my in its holster, that, yeah. that that plastic clip. If I don't have an undershirt on, yeah. looks me way more than my gun holster does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, 
We'll just go ahead and name brands here. I, I like the Duluth Trading Buck Naked Underwear. Yeah. And just because the T-shirts are long, uh huh, you're not going to show butt crack when you bend over. And I, nope, we won't. I, I just go with your, your standard uh, colored uh, wife beaters. Yeah. Actually, that's not considered a wife beater. A wife beater has to be white. Because if you ever if you ever uh, if you ever watch cops right. or anything, they yeah. come out in a white tank top, undershirt. That's a, that's a wife beater. That's and an A shirt. I don't know what that bitch was talking about. Yeah, and it has to have a mustard stain on it. Oh yeah, it or the gravy stain, mustard or gravy stain. You know. Yeah, the gravy depends on what time of day it is. If it's after breakfast, it's the gravy stain for sure. Well, if okay. it's in the evening, it's mustard and maybe some ketchup and. Well, okay. Well, and there's some chew stain on there, too. Some chaw. Some chaw. 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 Shout shout out to all our redneck brothers out there. Tobacco. Ancestors. (laughs) Ancestors. Mm -hmm. Right, right. You know, you are correct. You know, there are are some gals that, you know, still chew tobacco. What what was that one famous one on TLC or whatever network that was? Uh, Mama June. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, why, is it, why why is it when there's a tornado or a UFO sighting, it's always those people? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, it's yeah. I'll, I'll stand outside with my dog tri- tripod. And it sounded like a freight train coming over the hill. Man, I don't, I don't know what happened. I, I, I was in the backyard taking a pee. Next thing I know, I'm bent over this table, and there's these strange-looking people around me, and they're putting this thing in my butt. <laughs> I'm like, man, what the hell are you trying to do? Oh, what? Oh, that ain't it. So, uh, so two fingers. So aliens must be proctologists. Well, okay. Or <laughs> it's like aliens. Like we need to find out what he had for supper today. <laughs> Maybe that's their way of getting the truth out of somebody. Well, I'd probably be. Speaking the truth with alien fingers in my butt. Unless, of course, you're one of those people that like to have a little something, something up in the backside. Yeah, no. Prostrate exam, that's it. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Colonoscopy? No. Yeah, but you got it out for that. Yeah, but if you're poo... Before you get there is not clear, you have to have an enema. And you can either choose to have the enema administered to you, or you can do it yourself. I'll just let let the pretty lady do it to me. I don't know if I wanted to be in that, like, like, okay, how, how, uh, I mean, the only thing that would have been awkward about it is if like, 
that evening you were at the local bar and she walked in and you'd be like going, she's saving my butt. She stuck stuff up my butt. Well, what's the odds of that happening? Uh, <laughs> me going to a bar is not, not that. Uh, I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, of course, of course, then you would already have an opening subject. You're like, so you've already been up my butt. What do you, what do you say if I go up your butt now? Come on. It, it's going to be a little bit thicker than an enema tube. I'm just saying. Just like it didn't look that way when you was on the table. Well, sweetheart, I'm a shower, or I'm a grower, not a shower. What do, what do you got there, Andrew? On your finger. Toothpick. Floss pick. Ah. Okay. We was talking about butt stuff, and so he went and got his floss pick. <laughs> no, I carry a floss pick in my cigarette pack. Uh, I, I thought he, I, I thought he was going to want to start talking about tossing salads, but you know that's that's for a different no, podcast. No. <laughs> we'll wait for uh, we'll wait for Dwight on that deal. Dwight Shout out on Dwight on that deal. You know, can I call him a crazy gimme? Is that okay? Uh, I I wouldn't. You wouldn't? Okay. No. I'll take it back then. Um because I, I, I think if we were in person, it might be a little different. Um but uh you know you really shouldn't use those more than once, right? What? One time throw it away? Yeah. That's why you buy a bag of like 250 for two bucks. Well, you know, it's my mouth. It's emergency situations. You know. Anyways, uh, hey, as meanwhile, back at the ranch. As long as he's not flossing his butt with it, I guess it'd be okay. Hey, it's my mouth. It's not going in anybody else's. And if anybody said, oh, have you got another one of them? Yeah, here you go. Here's a fresh one. Keep it. You know. You don't want it back? Well, fuck no, I don't want it back. That's kind of rude. If I give somebody else a new one, no, I don't want it back. Why not? You can just wash it off. No. That's kind of like if I'll keep if, mine. If, if that's kind of like if the one that, that I've used in my mouth, you know, several times. That's kind of like if your wife gets all weird about drinking out of your glass. It's like seriously, what we did last night, and you're worried about drinking after me. Yeah. What's wrong with that one there? I'm getting this pack ready. Because you also have another one right there by your arm. Like, you were getting ready to put that in your mouth. I, I saw you. I watched you. You've got one in the ashtray. You've this, got one on the table. This is a fresh pack. Yes. This is the last one out of that pack. Right. And I will smoke that one and that one. No, I understand that. I, I know, you know how much you smoke. 
I appreciate what you're saying, but that one and that one will he, be smoked. He's he's going to turn that one upside down in his pack. Uh, this one I'm getting ready to put in the pack, and James was right. This now, lucky one. Yeah, but you're so you're going to chew on it before you put it back in the pack. Hey, man, some people's kids, I swear. <laughs> Can't take you nowhere. He's got to make it sharp so he can get it down in the pack. Or just not turn one over. <laughs> I mean. A guy that I used to work with. Yes. I've told this story before on this podcast that he worked, he smoked Marlboro Reds soft pack. You know, mm-hmm. he would tear the, you know, the, the foil off, fold it up, and shove it down the side mm-hmm. between the cellophane and the the paper. Yep. He'd pull the first one out and would kiss the butt, turn it upside down, and put it back in the pack. Okay. That's how he would do a pack of cigarettes. And I just did my little variation on that. That's your lucky smoke. Yes. You save it for the very last? Or do you smoke it like yes. halfway through? You save no, it no, for no, the no. very last. I'll save it for the last. Okay. I used to, I used to turn a I used to turn one over in, in my pack when I smoked Marlboro Reds back when I worked at Bill Roberts Chevrolet back in the early nineties. Yeah. You know why? Because there's always people wanting to bum smokes off of you. Mm-hmm. Right. And I bought these things called cigarette loads. Uh, oh, that, you didn't. That was the one I turned upside down. Somebody come up and say, hey, can I bum a smoke? Sure. I'd open my pack and I would there pull you go. out and hand it to them. Smoke that one. Had the load in it. I'd usually shove it down in there far enough that they could get it lit. Like, you know, lit. Then I was like, bam! Motherfucker! I'm like, Two, three puffs. <laughs> yeah. Boom! It's like, well, you still oh, got half a cigarette left. <laughs> I always had people ask, um, you got an extra cigarette? Nah, bro. Only 20, only 20 came in this pack, yeah. man. If I'd had 21, I'd give you one. Yeah. You know how you keep people from bumming smokes from you? Have, have menthols on you. Oh, you mean like... Um, you know... Uh, these here. Oh, you're smoking menthols. Ugh. A light but, menthol but, or a but, but most, full-flavored menthol. But most people that smoke regular cigarettes, you're like, oh, I got some menthol. And they're like, no, never mind. Now, I don't mind. I, 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 would, I don't mind a menthol every once in a while. I'd buy a pack of menthols when I had a head cold. You know... Because you're, you're smoking Vicks, that kind of helps clear your yeah. shit up. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I used to, um, like once a month, um, when I was still smoking Marlboros, um, I would uh, get a pack of new pimps and uh, smoke those up. New ports, new ports, new pimps. You know. Maybe even get a, a pack of cools. Cools, yeah. Cool lights? No. 
tools. Marlboro had a menthol too. Yeah, but those were fucking like really harsh. Yeah. Cool light or a cool full flavored? The full flavored cools. Okay. Just like the full flavored Newports. Mm hmm. You know, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do the pimps, I never smoked them. A Man. flavored, you know, you know, a Newport. You don't know what you're missing. Well. Okay. Do they, like I did. Do they, do they have would, menthol vape pens? Yeah. Do they? Yes, they do. Okay. Views and Jewel and whatever else out there, they've got a menthol. Every now and again, I went uh, by uh, a pack of you know cool lights, mm. just because you know whatever. Now, I'll, spur I'll, the I'll, moment, I'll, you know, I'd buy a cool. Go about the gun side, bring it onto the smoking subject. Uh, I've been at a couple concerts, outdoor concerts, and you're not supposed to smoke and everything. And all of a sudden, you see this <laughs> fucking mushroom cloud come up from somebody's vape pen. You're like going, really? How much better is that for you than an actual cigarette or a cigar? Oh, man. So you're not, <laughs> I don't smell tobacco, but I smell fucking cupcakes? Yeah. Oh, my God. There's so much right. better for you. You know, yeah. Yeah. Well, and those are, those are people that don't inhale. They want to spend that fucking money. To make it appear like, oh my God, I'm so cool. Well, so many of them vape, uh, well, not vape pens, but vape contraptions <laughs> that look like a goddamn hookah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and maybe that's what they smoke in it when they're not at the concert. I don't know what was going on at the Anthrax Black Label, but when we went back up after Hate Breed, it went and got a drink and came back up. It was like, I didn't think we were smoking here, but God damn, I'm getting a contact high. That was some, <laughs> uh, some of the sticky, icky, icky. That was some Missouri ditch weed right there. That was some that, was some that good shit. It was some stanky stuff. Now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it smelled like somebody had slaughtered a skunk in the fucking balcony. Mm-hmm. And they started with, the, the, they started cutting him from the scent fucking gland. <laughs> Say what? They started cutting him from the scent gland. That's what it smelled like. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're talking about the skunk, right? Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Oh, shit. So, um, now Dwight smokes one of those fucking, those contraption things. And, uh, well, you know. But, well, he's in the healthcare industry, so he probably thinks it's better for him. Well, or, you know, uh, <laughs> I did get him to smoke a cigar with me when I was cool. out in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was one of the first stops after they picked me up at the airport. Uh, we stopped at a, a tobacco shop that he knows the guy that runs the place. And, um, yeah, it, it was kind of awkward. Um His wife's ex runs the place, but they're mm-hmm. they're all friends. Well, okay, yeah. But I mean, you know, I told the guy what I wanted, and he's like, "Oh, this here, that there," and he's like, um, "You know, with the cutter." And like I've shown you, mm-hmm. 
you know, normally I don't like cutting a cigar because you're, you take a, you take a drag and then you're like, you're, you're, you're you spitting the, the leaves and everything. Right. Well, you're, not but, it. you're not wetting it with your mouth enough. Right. Before you light it. Well, and what it is, is he said, you put your, your cutter down on the table. Then you put the end of the cigar in the cutter, mm-hmm. and then you cut it, and it cuts just the tip off of the end, so there's not a lot of uh, tobacco there that you're cutting off. So you're right. not sitting there. <laughs> so you're saying the uh, outer wrap will take care of the... Uh, yeah. Yeah, you're just cutting the. Yeah, you're just cutting. If you set your cutter down on the table and you stick your cigar in there and cut that off, you just you're just cutting the tip. You're not really getting into the tobacco part, right? Because normally I would use a. You're cutting that. Just that little tight sphincter ass wrap right there on the end of it off. Outside wrap, where it will you know cover. Where you get a draw. Say what? Where you where you can get a good draw. Off yeah. of it. Right. Because normally I did uh, a punch. I mean, old, old Bob over there at the meeting the other night, he, he was like deep though that fucking cigar. Well, you know. Before he lit it. <laughs> that's what I was told. You know, you take a cigar, you know. You, you, mm-hmm. you wet it. Yep. Wet it, you know. Well, and that's where. Uh, and, and then light it. I've got some cigars around here. That, that's like back in the day. You would have a brandy sniffer and a good cigar, and you would take the end and you would dip oh, it in yeah. your brandy. I've done that. Yeah. Okay. I tried it one night with brandy, and it was like I think it was cherry, cherry brandy or something like that. And yeah, it's okay. You know. Now I've tried. Um, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. There was one cigar I had back in the day. Um, our buddy Don. You know who I'm talking about. Owns a smoke shop in Springfield. He brought these down to Dallas County Shrine Club one night. They were Kojimar. I was getting ready to say, say that. Kojimar. Mango? Mango sugar tip. Yeah. And they Them were good. motherfuckers. You know how, like, on most of your sweet-tasting cigars, they're sweet whenever you first light them and everything, mm-hmm. and then they just start tasting like a regular cigar? These some bitches were sweet all the way to the end. Nice. Yeah. I mean, they were coaching I mean, for mango. Yeah. Mango sugar tips. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I mean, he had vanillas and other stuff too, but he brought those down. And I asked him oh, a few years ago, I said, man, you still got those Kojimar mango sugar tips? Ah, oh, they don't make those anymore. I'm like, what? Of course they don't. Everything that I like. Yeah. They don't fucking make it anymore. <laughs> of course not. Um, I got some uh, Maker's Mark ones mm-hmm. uh, some time ago. And, um, you know, they, they're in a, uh, a a glass beaker. And they're just like Maker's Mark. They're dipped in wax and they've got right. the, the peel and everything. So they stay fresh. All right. Uh, because, you know, I mean, that's that's one of the... The bad parts about getting a cigar is when it becomes fucking dry. Mm-hmm. And then it starts tasting like shit. Yeah. 
That's why I need a humidor. Yeah. We were in um, Iowa back in 2019 at Cedar Rapids. And me and the wife went down. They had a patio right there on the Missouri River. Yeah. Went out there to have a smoke, and this guy come down, and he had this little box. It was like a little portable humidor. Mm-hmm. And he's we're sitting there, and we're smoking our Jeep Stampedes, and he's like, you want, a, you want a cigar? And I'm like, okay. He's like, here, pick one. And he had this one big dog turd. I mean, it was fucking, <laughs> you know, inch and a half by fucking seven inches or something like that. And I'm like, okay, yep. Try that one. It's like, bit, it tastes good. And we sat there and smoked. It's like, I think I, sm- I think I put that thing out and relit it probably three or four times that weekend before I got it all smoked. You know? Yeah. I, I, I like the uh, the shorter ones mm-hmm. just uh, because I can smoke it. For the time frame. That, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my dad used to smoke cigars. He would snuff them out, and we had a brick going around the outside of the house, and he would lay his cigar up on the brick, uh-huh. and he would come back like a couple days later, grab the cigar, and smoke it some more. Right. It, it didn't matter if it fucking rained or anything. He would just <laughs> fucking grab that thing and just... But, I mean, then again, my pops also smoked fucking Camel non-filters. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Um. We were coming back from Sturgis in 09, and uh, Dad was chewing. Mm-hmm. And he'd pull out a bag of Red Man he had up in his uh, windshield bag, mm-hmm. and he'd throw, it, throw in a fucking chaw. And my brother's buddy was like, uh, how are you going to spit? Dad just looked at him and said, spit? That's the good part. <laughs> we rode from uh, Rapid City, South Dakota to Grand Island, Kansas. And he never threw out that dip. Wow. That fucking chaw. And it was just like, Ugh. he didn't have any worms. No. I, uh, no. If I was going to chew, that's what I would do. Red Man, Levi Garrett. Yeah. The leaf tobacco. Because I can't yeah. stand skull or snuff besides just getting caught in your teeth and shit you know yeah i just never liked the flavor of it but i could do red man or like say levi garrett or something like that but no i'm spitting <laughs> yeah getting that shit out well mm-hmm. i knew guys you, that you both know no boy that that does the leaf yeah i uh Oh, yeah. I knew guys that would carry toothpicks in their fucking wallets because they they dipped uh Copenhagen. Uh, and they would they would throw out their fucking dip and then sit there and pick their fucking mm-hmm. teeth before they got home to mama. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> and she's uh, like, I can still smell that shit on your breath, motherfucker. <laughs> and I mean and, and it was always great whenever you see these fuckers in the bar. And they'd be spitting in one bottle and drinking out of the other, and they'd get they'd confused. Later, the going, 
drink out of that spit bottle and mm-hmm. the old pool hall there in Bolivar that I went to as a kid or as uh, a young man, the the basement pool hall. Yeah. Underground, yeah. They had Tommy Tendall. They had spit tunes mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. that fucking pool hall. Right. And when I first started going down there, it was almost illegal for a female to be in that bar in that pool hall. Yeah. You know, it was just, you know, it, it kind of changed later on. But, it, you know, back in the day, it was like, no. It's a boys club. This is a boys club. There's not a place for the women to be. <laughs> yeah. So you didn't go down there to get laid. Let's let's put it that way. Well, maybe you did. Well, some of them might have. At, uh... Shout out to my buddy Jack. Little pool hustler that used to go down there all the time. Uh, it was kind of fucked up. We used to go down there, like after school and shit, and on the weekends. And we were pretty comparable pool shooters. Of course, he lived in town or close to town. He had his license, and he got to going down there every fucking day. Well. After a few months, me and Dorio and Brian, we couldn't compete with the motherfucker. Yeah, he became a shark, and, and then, then he got to hustling. Then he got to hustling some people, and he went out one day, and all of his tires were slashed. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, Imagine that, uh, Jack. You're just lucky it wasn't you. Yeah, <laughs> it was your tires. That was a warning. <laughs> that was saying, uh, back off a little bit. You know, not much, but a little bit. Yeah, you talking kind of totally off subject. You talking about going to shady parts of town. <laughs> totally off subject. <laughs> well, we're totally Who, off. me? We're totally off. You talking about going to shady parts of town when you're driving a truck? Yeah, um, yeah. I was watching a deal with Kevin Nash, and he was talking about, Back in the day, it was like, who who did you not like to ride with you? Well, he said one of them was Vader. Yeah. He said because, you know, he needed to ride, whatever. He said he grew up in Detroit. Not so good part of Detroit. Mm-hmm. And, but they went, I can't remember what town it was, but it was not a very good part of town. And... He said they were, they went into this, I think it was a restaurant, bar, whatever, and everybody's like, ah, should we go in here? He's like, man, just show them respect. We'll be cool. Yeah. So we got in there, and everybody was like, no, it was Bam Bam Bigelow. It wasn't Vader. It was Bam Bam Bigelow that was with them. And, Bam Bam's from Jersey. Yeah. But Bam Bam was apparently a fucking idiot. What? Yeah. Because they get into this place, and. I mean, these gang members and shit are in there, but they were cool with Kev and Scott, and, you know, and everything was cool. And they spoke to Bam Bam about his tattoos, and he's like, I'm a fucking killer, motherfuckers. And he just got all stupid, and they were going to kill his ass. <laughs> and Kev's like, Fucking moron, you are never riding with us again. Because you can go into those places 
And all you got to do is show respect. Yeah. He said, that's all you got to do. You just got to fucking show respect. And they'll more likely leave you alone. Right. Of course, if you're six foot ten, it helps. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, because Nash was six ten or is six ten. Yeah. Uh, Scott was like six eight. Six eight, six nine, yeah. And I mean he was a fucking powerhouse. Oh yeah. You ever see the videos of him when he was in AE or not AEW and uh AWA? Yeah. When he was big Scott Hall. Yep. He was a lot bigger. Yeah. Then than as Razor Ramon. Right. But, yeah. He had the uh the uh the, the big old Big old fucking mustache and... Magnum TA fucking... Uh, Magnum PI. Yeah, Magnum PI. Yeah. Uh, type Which Magnum the, TA copied the Magnum yeah. PI, but yeah. Well, uh, yeah, the, the Magnum mustache. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, his chest was all hairy and... But, I mean, he was a fucking monster. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember seeing... Seeing that, uh, there's a special on uh, Peacock, WWE mm. Network, about Scott Hall. Mm. And it was talking about him going through counseling and, you know, um, him talking about the guy that he killed uh, in self-defense, mm. but uh, how that, like, plagued him his whole fucking career Mm -hmm. and how his therapist told him he had to go back to that fucking strip club and make amends with himself Mm -hmm. and that parking lot because it was either going to be Scott get the gun from that guy and kill that guy. That guy was going to kill Scott. Right. And, um, that's kind of like, well, you know, know. kind of like on Roadhouse, where Sam Elliott's son's like, "You need to let that shit go." Yeah, because when a motherfucker puts a gun in your face, you got two options: you can either die or you kill the motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> but a lot, you know. I mean, even you know, even soldiers. Yeah, that's part of their. You know, a lot of their PTSD is. Dealing with the trauma that they... that they have taken a life. Yeah. Dealing with the shit that they had to deal with. Well, and that's... Yeah. That's um, a lot of police officers. Yeah. Um, Right, right. You know, because... I mean, let's let's face facts here. Um, Going to a foreign country in the military and killing a person there, that is... That... It's inevitable. Mm-hmm. That it's going to happen, mm-hmm. but being in your home country, yep. being in your home neighbor, in your own neighborhood, and you might even know the motherfucker. Yeah, that you've got to fucking put down. Yeah, yep. You know where you have sworn to per- serve and protect. Yep. Well, and, see, and the bad thing about war, period, is. If you if you make them their enemy, that makes them less human. Yes. But if it's 
especially if it's close up. Yeah. And you take that life and you look in their eyes as you're doing it. You You know they're fucking human. You see the life leaving. Right. Their soul leaving their body or, you know, whatever you want to look at it. Right. But, you know, at that point, you you know this is another fucking human being. I don't care if he's the same color or whatever. Right. But you can, you know, going into it, you're like, yeah, fuck them, whatevers. Right. But when it's close up and their blood's running out on your hands... And you see the life go out of them, you you know it, uh, that's a fucking human I being. Would say I, I that just killed. <laughs> it would change a person. Oh yeah. Know. Well, you know, yeah. you know the there's the uh, the old uh, adverb: you can take the boy out of the war, but you can't take the war out of the boy. Right. Well, you know, I'm gonna say this, and right, wrong, or indifferent. My grandfather. Whenever he came back from World War Two, he wouldn't talk about what happened over there. Right. Yeah. And my my dad didn't talk a whole lot about it. He talked a little bit about it, but because you know, I asked him how he got that thirty two pistol, he said, "Well, I asked for it." Hmm. <laughs> you and know. you know. I could go off on, you know, my dad and my grandfather on my mom's side. They were, you know. Your dad's on your mom's side? How, how does that work? My grandfather and my dad. Your, your mom's dad and your dad. And my dad, yes. Okay, there okay. you go. Okay, now... If I say something wrong, I'm I'm glad you clarified that. Whenever he came back from uh, World War II, you know, over in Germany, he wouldn't talk about what happened. Right. And they were down at the underground pool hall. Mm-hmm. that you talked about. Mm-hmm. Now, he said whenever, you know, the Salvation Army would come down and ask for donations, mm-hmm. grandfather would say, hey, boys, divvy up, you know. Mm-hmm. Go into your pockets and give something. Right. If the Red Cross would, uh, you know, show up, my grandfather was not a big fan of the Red Cross. Uh. Because they would want, you know, you know, something for that. Mm-hmm. Something for what they were giving. Right. And that was, you know, something my dad told me about my grandfather. And, you know. Well, that's that's the problem with a lot of charitable organizations. So much of the money doesn't go 
to what they're talking about. Right. It goes to their CEOs and the people that work at this charity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, that's, right. That's one reason you and I both become Shriners. Masons and Shriners. Because the money that goes, if you donate $100 to the Shriners Hospital, for, for it goes for, for a purpose. It goes to the Shriners Hospital. Yeah. I mean, if I... Every if I, dime. If I, if I take a $100 check to Lake Stockton or to Dallas County, and I say, this goes to the Shriners Hospital. Right. That money has to go to the Shriners Hospital. Okay. We, uh, Dallas County, several years ago, they had a golf tournament. In fact, today was their golf tournament. Mm-hmm. Right, right. But they put a they put up a tip jar at the golf tournament that said tips for the kids or tips for the hospital. And one of our guys from the divan was down there and I said, You know every dollar that goes into that jar has to go to the hospital. Yeah. Every dime. You can't put every that penny. Up. You can't put that up there. To go to your club. No, or right, right. You know, what you, what you dub it. If you say it goes for the kids. But I think the shrine, what did they tell us when I went through installation or it? It was like almost 90% of the money donated goes to the the hospitals. There were other organizations. You're lucky if ten percent of it goes into it. Yeah, and I mean that that's Saint, where uh, Saint Jude if is, you is another good one. Say it goes to right. the you know, transportation fund. Right, yeah. Or right. Whatever. Right. But I mean, you know <laughs> a lot of people go, Oh, you Shriners, you're getting all this money. It's like, we ain't getting shit. We're spending money to be Shriners. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know. It costs us money to fucking be Shriners. Yes. I mean, our yearly news ain't shit, but every meeting we go to and blah, 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 it, I mean, it costs us money. It all goes for a purpose. Yep, exactly. A damn good purpose. You know, and it's like everybody says about March of Dimes. Mm-hmm. For every dollar, only a dime goes towards, you know, muscular dystrophy. Right. That's not the case. Mm-hmm. Uh where March of Dimes came from is when the country was, I mean, it came about during, um, you know, the time when the country didn't, you know, people weren't making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So it was, can you, you spare a dime? A dime. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right, and, right. And, that's, and that's where it came from. Right. And it, it is just stuck. And I'm, I'm sorry there are smart people attached to certain charities. Um, St. Jude's, uh, you've got um, the big slick that happens in Kansas City for Children's Mercy. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's held, that's that's headed up by Paul Rudd, Rob Riggle, uh, Jason Sudeikis, um, you know, uh, Overstreet and Keckner, guys from Kansas City. And it started off with, you know, a, a handful of people from Hollywood would come out and they would do a celebrity. Uh, first, it was a poker tournament. And then it turned into 
uh, a celebrity wiffle ball game that's held at Kaufman fucking stadium. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably all, more people show up for that than they do Royals games. <laughs> well, well, and and they they have a silent auction, um, and like they've auctioned off hanging out with Rob Riggle on the set for a day. Uh, they've auctioned off uh, a walk on part in a movie with you know like Brad Pitt or Paul Rudd or you know whatever, right. and it, it, it's it's experiences that they're raffling off that or auctioning off that you can't buy. Right. But all the money goes to children's mercy, you know, uh, March of dimes. And wouldn't that be a kick-ass deal? If you said, oh, fuck. I'm going to donate $500 and for this Brad yeah. Pitt movie thing and actually win that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but, uh, it's going to hit me in the face. Fuck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. You know, right. March of dimes, uh, D Snyder, very intelligent individual. Mm. Yeah. Right. Just right. Ask, just ask the PMRC. Yeah. The who? The Whenever. Washington wives. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Whenever. but I mean, oh, you know, it could be a whole other podcast. Right. He, he right. took, yeah. he's, he's an, like a Nash national ambassador. Uh, Brad Pitt believes in the Boys and Girls Club. Mm-hmm. Vice the reason when Meet Joe Black, the movie came out. It premiered in Springfield, Missouri. Mm-hmm. There was a dinner before the premiere that was $1,000 a plate. Yeah. And 100% of money raised went to the Ozark Boys and Girls Club. Okay. Because when Brad Pitt lived in Springfield, he would go to the Boys and Girls Club uh, after school because um, he had nowhere else to go. Yeah. Okay. I just want to say one thing. On Facebook, you know, Shriners Hospital, you know, is a, you know, deal that, uh, you know, that I, you know, have on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Well, I would always see these St. Jude mm-hmm. that would come up, you know, from Shriners that I know. Mm-hmm. Well, I never put it together right. until I looked up, you know, St. Jude Hospital. Who started it? It was Dan- Danny Thomas. Danny Thomas, who was a Shriner. Right. In which I never knew that until, you know, I got, got on, you know, Google or whatever. It's Lugal. Google, Google, whatever. <laughs> Looked it up, and it was, you know, Danny Thomas, who was a Shriner. Okay, now I know. You know. It's St. Jude's primarily cancer. Yeah, you know, it's, you know. Research for kids and stuff, yeah. Kids with cancer. Yeah. And... I'm I'm on board with that. Oh yeah, have uh, no problem with that shit. I do have to say, uh, Joe Rogan, if you're listening, us Masons are not devils. No, uh, uh, listen, to not your even close. Podcast lately, and 
somebody brought up masons it's like yeah i don't know about all these secret organizations and stuff yeah, yeah you come talk to us yeah <laughs> um you know one of the you things that Joe Rogan on this. <laughs> one of the things that uh sam walton believed in uh which is a big thing with walmart uh is children's miracle network right um and that that that's one thing that even after uh mr sam passed away and the family like pretty much let the lawyers take over mm-hmm. that was one thing that the lawyers continued on uh instead of just hey we got to make all this money no they actually uh like every god i can't remember what month it is but it's yeah but when do, when you would you check out? It's like, would you like to round this yeah. up to go to church, Children's Miracle Network? Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to <clears throat> say it's June because when I went and got my daughter up in Minnesota and we went to Illinois, uh, they were doing uh, a big thing there. It Like they were selling popcorn and they had a popcorn machine and everything like that. And it was like a dollar. Uh, and you know, all the proceeds after or the profit all went to Children's Miracle Network. And then we got to the store and there was an area where my daughter's uh, store manager, co-manager or whatever was there. And they were uh, taking donations to quote unquote, stay out of jail. And they they had all the snacks and everything and it's right. like oh a dollar for this or a dollar for that or blah 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 and uh, yeah like it's stay out of jail you talk about like uh, I went to a an MDA deal one year mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it was a festival in fact Larry brought down his mixing board and everything and we set up the sound and lights and all that shit but they had a deal where like, if I seen you walking around, I'd walk up to the sheriff and go, here's five bucks, put Andy in jail. Yeah. And, and then and then and they'd go get Andy, and they'd put Andy in jail. Okay. And then to get Andy out of jail, here's five bucks. you'd have to get, give him five bucks to get Andy out of jail. Huh. Yeah. You know. So it, 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 it was kind of cool, you know. Deal. Sounds kind of like a... Uh, right. This this one guy this one guy from the bar. Every time I, I mean I wasn't working at the time because I didn't have to run sound until Southern Star Band went on. But I'm walking around and it's like, you gotta go to jail. It's like, fuck. This motherfucker give him a dollar and put me in jail. Yeah. Well, somebody bail me out. It was usually a girl. Hey. I, I was saying go back in. That's That's the thing. How you doing? How you doing? Can you get me out? But anyway, this motherfucker done that to me like five, six times. Like, fuck. So I walked up to the cop and I said, here's 20. Put that motherfucker in jail. I don't know that he ever got out that night. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. Nobody wanted to spend 20 bucks to get him out. (laughs) Oh, that sucks to be him. Uh, Let's see here. You're on the wrong pad for the ha ha ha. Lesson. Yeah, I know. Well, um, I don't even know how to get back to it, but. <laughs> well. 
There you go. That works. Nah. All right. Well, <laughs> still works. Excuse me. It'd be all right. But, um, but, not, but, but, but not every charity that people call you about should you fucking donate your money to. Yeah. A lot of it's bullshit. Right. Yep. Right. I mean, <laughs> oh, I can't remember his name. He's a comedian. He used to be a cop. And they asked him, well, what if I got that sheriff's charity thing on my car? Is that going to keep me from getting pulled over? He's like, no, no. we target you. <laughs> well. Because we know you're doing something fucking wrong. Um, <laughs> sheriff's Association. Yeah. 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 Uh, what was it, Jerry, the, uh, fuck. Jerry Lee Lewis. No, Jerry Lewis. Oh, Jerry Lewis. Lewis. Muscular dystrophy? Yeah. Labor Day Telethon. Yeah. yeah. Labor Day Telethon, yeah. Okay. He done it for over. Oh, shit. 50 fucking Look, years, something like that. Yeah. To the Google machine. Well, just like I was telling. Just like oh, was shit. Here, Breaking news. Not great balls no. of fire. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I feel Jerry Lee Lewis, no. but Jerry Lewis, comedian. Lewis my Martin. dad, no, my grandfather. Salvation Army, yes. Red Cross, no. Yeah, see, my dad said something similar, and he never explained to me why about the Red Cross. I don't remember what the... The problem he had. Right, right. I don't remember. You know, just a disclaimer, I'm not saying you shouldn't donate to the Red Cross. I'm well, just saying this is just what we've heard. <laughs> from, you do what you from, want. From yeah. our parents and grandparents that were in the military at the time. I don't know. Whatever your feelers say. But yeah, do. the Salvation Army. I've rang, I've rang the bell for Salvation Army numerous times. 1966 to 2010. Was it Jerry Lewis Elephant? Yes. Yep. Right, right. And, you know. And as a kid, I used to like watching it because they had all these musical acts. And oh, stuff yeah, yeah. There. And 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 the, and, and the, the grand total is? $45 million. And, blah, 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 blah. and they would turn to the, you know, uh, the... Uh, of course, the station that was putting it on had the local drive going on in Springfield, and right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just got a donation from the Hope County Fire Department. They donated seven hundred eighty-five dollars. Yay! You know, and right, yeah. Woohoo! You know, yeah, great. What's wrong with that? What's the one with the fire trucks with the boots? Say what? What's the one with the firefighters with the boots? Is that, you know, where the intersection? Um, I've seen it. I've I've donated a little bit, but. um, Then the veterans, the veterans deal where you get the poppy. That's a Labor Day deal. Yeah. Is that the one with uh, the veterans where you get the poppy? That's uh, the uh, that's for the VFW, VFW and that's yeah. uh, World War One. The the poppy uh, flower is a World War One thing. Uh, next time you're up in Kansas City uh, uh, and v- you have time, World War One 
museum. museum. Yes. Yep. Uh, one of the one one of the charities that uh, I really enjoyed watching back in the day was Comedy Relief or oh, Comic yeah. Relief. Comic Relief, yeah. Uh, Billy Crystal, Robin Williams, Whoopi Goldberg right. about homelessness. Yeah. And now that 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 show was fucking awesome because it had a message. A good, wholesome message, but at the same time, it was so fucking funny. Right. And um, there's an episode of The View right after uh, Robin Williams' passing that Billy Crystal was on there with Whoopi Goldberg, and they're talking about... Um, they're, oh, they're, they're talking about Robin. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about um, his uh, impact on them, like, personally. And it's like, that's, that's fucking awesome. But, right. wow. Uh, <laughs> well, you got to talk about those, um, the Willie Nelson, the Live Aid concerts. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, um Live Aid brought us, you know, a course that the quote-unquote... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Will and Nelson was Farm Aid. Yes. That's yeah, Farm yeah, Aid. Yeah, right, right. It was Farm, Farm Aid. Aid. The yep. Live Aid was the one they done for... Africa, uh, hunger in Africa. Africa, yeah. Yeah. Um, that Live Aid brought us the reunion of uh, Black Sabbath with Ozzy. Uh, brought us... Uh, I didn't know that. Zeppelin back on stage one of the best. for the first time since John Bonham had passed away. One of the best recorded videos of Queen. Oh my God. They were, uh, each band was slotted for 20 minutes. And Queen was the only band to have a standing ovation. Yeah. Live, uh, aid. live Aid. Live Aid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wembley Stadium. This was right before he got diagnosed with AIDS, I think. Um. Or. Well, according to the movie Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, because they they put out a couple of albums after Live Aid, and they called Live Aid a a comeback, but it wasn't. But the the movie was the the time signatures were a little off. I'm just trying to remember back factually what had happened and everything. I mean, Live Aid came out and shortly after that, if I, this is my old memory, that we found out Freddie Mercury had AIDS. They released several albums after he got diagnosed. Well, because, he never because, came out and because, admitted. Because he said he wanted to re- keep recording. Yeah. Because he had all this shit in his head and I don't know if it's any good. I haven't listened to it, but it probably was. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. But they recorded up until he died, basically. Mm hmm. Because I've never seen some video and he was like a skeleton, you know, but he still had the fucking voice. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. 
they um because he never admitted that he had AIDS until a couple of days before he died. Mm-hmm. Like he never admitted to the band, even though they all knew. Mm-hmm. But he never admitted it until uh, honestly a couple of days before he died. You seen the Queen movie? Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah. Oh, I fucking love it. Yeah. I think Remy Malik played an an amazing Freddie Mercury. I'm I, not seen it from start to finish. It's good. But I've seen, you know, bits and pieces of it. Right. And whoever's playing Freddie Mercury. Remy Malik. He was on Saturday Night Live. And uh Mr. Robot. Yeah. Does it, you know, from what I remember to a T. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I've not seen the, you know, start to finish. Right. But, you know. Some of, some of it was the timelines were a little weird. Yeah. From what really happened. So you're saying the timelines were off? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. You know, like I said, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think when they come in the studio and he's all rampaging about something and the, was his drummer or whatever or done the... Yeah. Um, they started doing We Will Rock You. Yep. Freddie Mercury. Brian May. Brian May, guitar. Roger. Don't get me in the line because I couldn't tell you the other two. Roger, somebody. Matt's reaching for his Google machine. Uh, Freddie Mercury and Brian May is the two I remember. Roger Taylor? Uh, no. That's Google machine in it. Wait a minute. Roger. And then the drummer. I don't know if it's a good thing that we have Google now. Roger Taylor. Yeah. We'll see. John Deacon. John Deacon was who? What? John Deacon was the bass player. Bass player. John um, Roger Taylor is the drummer. Okay. Brian Roger May is Taylor. the guitar player. Freddie Mercury is the singer. Okay. Unless you're counting Queen with Adam Lambert. No, 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 no. I'm not talking Adam talking, Lambert. Talking I'm talking the original. The originals. You know, I've, I don't know if I've ever heard any Queen with... Adam Lambert. I have. There was a special on, oh, it's been a year or so ago. It was Queen, but, and, and that's and, and that's the best way to do it. They call it Queen with Adam Lambert. Yeah. And, As they should. And he's you know. pretty fucking good. Yeah, he is. Um, pretty fucking good. American he, Idol. Yeah. He, he did. Is um, he Freddie? Sorry. Stage presence? Instead of the stuttering, I will, you know, have a long pause. Is he Freddie? Esque? Yes. Is he close to Freddie? No. No, because Freddie Mercury was an an anomaly. Vocally? 
I would say okay. he's pretty close. Okay, how far off of Freddie is he? We talking what here or here? I, I would say vocally he's pretty fucking close. He's close, but he doesn't have the range. Yeah, that Freddie has. The but stage. but then again, nobody right. You nobody know, has you know. ever had the range that Freddie Mercury had. Yeah, um, and, and the stage presence. No, no, you know, but. But that, 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 but that's that's good. Okay, that's you comparing know. like Henry Connick Jr., who's an amazing pianist, mm-hmm. an amazing piano player, to Elton John. Okay, okay, yeah. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Saturday night, all right, all right, all right. Woo! I don't know if we're gonna do the woo. <coughs> Okay, yeah. Well, Benny and the Jets. Jets. Doom, doom. I could go off on Benny the, and the Jets. piano players, but, you know, I won't. Go off on the piano players. It's after dark. Please. We don't give a fuck. Oh, well, okay. I didn't know. We, we started talking about guns, and we were here. So. Well, okay. I didn't know what I could, you know, talk about. You know, That's going to happen. The, you know, the... The, I'm just a special guest here. The uh, this is between you and the and description of this podcast. And James here. The description of what this can podcast I, is going to say talk guns, about. tobacco, ATF, ATF. <laughs> it's just going to be. I want to hear from the, the ATF, but anyway, alcohol, tobacco, firearms. Uh, well, and now and I was getting my sleep machine set up, so and now, we're, and now we're into music. So there you go. Well, you know. Piano players. Piano players. And go. Floyd Kramer. I don't know who that is. Uh, Floyd Kramer. Jerry Lee Lewis. Mickey Gilly. Yeah. Jimmy Swaggart. The the preacher. No, I know who you're, I know who Jimmy Swaggart is. Do you know Jimmy Swaggart, Mickey Gilly, and Jimmy Lee Swaggart. Swaggered, you know. And Jerry Lee Lewis were all cousins. Nope, did not know that. You did not know that? Nope. Jimmy Lee, Jerry Lee Lewis, and Mickey Gilly. Were cousins. Are all cousins. And can make a piano talk. But see, now you're but, forgetting. But, but Jimmy Swagger's going to cry and tell you to send him money because if you don't, Jesus is going to kill him. But you're forgetting <laughs> some of the most amazing piano players who cannot see. Okay. Stevie Wonder. Ray Charles. Ray Charles. Okay. Ronnie Millsap. Okay. As far as that goes, Floyd Kramer, to my knowledge, never sang. He just played. Instrumental. Hmm. Well, see, Ronnie Millsap, obviously country singer. Uh, Stevie Wonder. Um, and, of course, Ray Charles. Ray Charles is... That was well saying, but mom, you know, one of my mom's favorite performers. Yeah, give me what I say, give me what I say, right, right. You know, yeah. 
That movie Ray. Yeah. With um, Jamie Fox. Jamie Fox. Holy fuck! He did a hell of a Ray Charles in that fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Well, Ray was on the set. Ray did the soundtrack. Ray was still alive when that movie was made. Right. And he so, did the soundtrack. So, Jamie, you know, just... Jamie Foxx. So, I don't know if Jamie actually played... He can. But, but I think well, he's saying was... was he, Jamie Foxx can sing it and play it. Um, I mean, he went to Juilliard. Uh, but Jamie Foxx did? Yeah, Jamie Foxx went to Juilliard. Really? Yes. Well... But I'd never guess that. You know? Ray, so you're saying that like you wouldn't think a black man could go to Juilliard. No, no, no. What the fuck you Don't saying, start that Holmes? shit, fucker. No, I, I didn't. I, I knew he was an actor, but I didn't know that, you know, he was, you know. Most most actors. I didn't know that, you know, he was. He's most, an Oscar winning actor. Musical. Most. You know, I, didn't no, know, no. I didn't know that he could play music. No. You know, sorry, mm-hmm. you know. Most, don't call me a racist bastard. No, I'm just Please don't. With you. No, just a I bastard. Know. Just a bastard. <laughs> okay, I'd buy that. You know. But Andy's like going, no, my mom and dad were both married. <laughs> Not to each other, but they were married. <laughs> now, wait a minute. How dare I, you? I, I kid, I kid. I know, we I know. Because we care. <laughs> I know you're giving me shit. Uh, most actors... Or musicians, well, most actors especially, are multifaceted. Have they? Just to get to the point, because they've either done, you know, stage and singing. and Have a musical background of of something. Some kind. I mean, well, Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, well. I stand corrected. But some, you know. Sorry, my bad. You it's know. like a, it's like a gene. Um, oh fuck, who was it? Um, I didn't. You know, I remember. I just knew Jamie Foxx, you know, as an an actor, just, comedian, just a comedian. Yeah. You know, so I stand corrected. Sorry, my bad. Well, you're taking a picture for the podcast. No, uh, sending a Snapchat to my daughter. Mm-hmm. No, no, um, it'd be all right. You know, no, um, which I, did, I, I never knew that. When you know? Jamie Foxx was on In Living Color. Um, okay. He played piano. He's actually released an album. Um, he can actually, well, it, it's, it's. I stand corrected. Sorry, unlike folks. the Eddie Murphy album, which was a fucking joke. Oh, that was. In your butt. Put the boogie in your butt. Oh no! Party all the time. Party oh, yeah. all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, that was a joke. Time. I mean, I, I will say well, that was a joke. But well, boogie hey. in the butt was a joke. But party all the time. No, that was an actual album. Like he, he actually. I did heard that, that song. Yeah. like on MTV or yeah, yeah, whatever it was. It was, it was fucking party, huge. Party all the Like I could do that. You know, right. But I'm not going to, but anyway. Your name's not Eddie Murphy. No, it ain't. It damn sure ain't. No. If you put that out, you might be lucky if you become that Korean guy that's saying, Um, <sighs> dum, gum, gum style. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, but K 
K-pop is huge, obviously, in Korea. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, there's... there's we just figure out how to get into Korea. Our podcast. Well, I'm sure they have Spotify. Uh, I hope so. And I'm sure they have YouTube. Get them to North Korea. I don't see that happening. <laughs> um, all right. Well, anyway. Little, little, little Rocket Man. Well, we're getting off. Let us, on your, let us on your... Rocket Man! Hey. Let, us, let us on your internet, Rocket Man. You know, <laughs> Elton John was, you know, a great pianist. So, let me ask you this question. When you see... Well, because you're not old enough, but when I see Elton John... Back in the 70s. And then, what was it, the 80s before he came out? Yeah. Something like that? Yep. Was anybody fucking surprised that he was a gay man? Okay. Well. Well, uh, as, as they say, hindsight is always twenty twenty. When you look back at Rob Halford from Judas Priest. I would, he, I would have depicted him as a gay man. Hey. Right. Quit reading my fucking mind. I was thinking that before you said that. Leather but anyway, and go studs. Ahead. But when he came out as gay, you went, ah. Okay, now you finally come out. It all Whatever. makes sense yeah. now. Turbo lover. God, oh, I got it. And God damn it, Rob. I bought fucking Spike fucking wristbands and shit, you motherfucker. Well, even after... <laughs> shit, who knew? But you know what was... What, what, what I... Th- well, what I thought was so cool about it, when Rob Halford came out, the metal community did not fucking cancel him. No. Well, I mean, how long? They're like going, still the metal god. And as a matter of fact, the gay community was like, we love you. Be the grand marshal of our first parade yeah. in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. Quit reading my fucking mind. <laughs> Would you quit that shit? But like I say, the the metal, the metal, the diehard metal. Quit it. Quit it, Matt. I'm tough. You're thinking something. Quit it. Man, we're going to go in a fucking pit and rip some ass. And Rob Halford's gay. We're not going. He's still the metal god. Well, yeah. hey, you know. You know. And, and, and that should be a lesson for all of humanity today. Right, wrong, or different. It, it, it should be. I mean, we don't need I, to. I don't agree with, you know. Being gay, but anyway, that's your but, personal preference, right? But, but I mean, you, you Rob still, Halford, you still like fucking Judas Priest, don't you? Yeah, uh, my favorite song from Judas Priest is uh, "Painkiller." Mm-hmm. Love it. It's like a what a, a eight minute song or something like that. It's pretty long. Six, seven. Okay, from six to eight minute long. And I'm, it's just, you know. But the fact that you found it's out. It's one of them songs that. You don't. You don't that helps. You don't. Eat, okay, he's gay. Big, um, like I say, you I don't, don't agree with it, but. You don't agree with people being gay. I but, like the song. But you don't have a problem listening to his music. Because you don't judge him by him being I, gay. Uh, you judge him by. I like Elton John, too. The music he puts out. You know, yeah. Are you trying to tell us something, Andy? <laughs> he has his 
his deal. I've got mine. Whatever. So, so what you're saying is a person should not be condemned for who they love. Is that what you're saying? Or, or are you saying 20 bucks is 20 bucks? I'm saying <laughs> you do what you do what you, you want to do. Bucks, if I can get it for 20 bucks, Jesus Christ. That you do what you want to do, but don't push. Don't push it on me. How many gay guys do you think want to fuck a overweight truck driver from fucking Baltimore, Missouri? Hopefully none. Well, I'm I mean, thinking, there, there's... I'm thinking you're close. There, there's quite a few that are into the furry thing. Well, yeah. Okay, I'll shave. Right. <laughs> no, I ain't. You know, I mean, do what you want to do, but, you know. But it's, you're not going to condemn them to hell or quit buying their records no, when no. you find out they're gay. That's their deal. Yep. That's their deal, but... You know, the song Painkiller by Juice Priest, I love it. It's one of them songs that I play whenever I... It's probably about, if you listen to the lyrics, which I... Whenever I've had a bad day, or, you know, (coughs) bodies by, you know, Drowning Pool. That song, or... I can only count to four. I can only... That way I can, you you know, come from... Come down from here to here. I was trying to get Matt to to set up his phone for when Amanda finally woke up from her nap and came in there and hit play. Pantera, I'm broken. Say that again. <laughs> whenever, whenever Amanda woke up from her nap, I started I started to get Matt to like have his phone set up to play "I'm Broken" from Pantera. Okay. You know because of. She's broken. She's broken. Mm-hmm. Do, 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 do. But we weren't here whenever that yeah. happened. We went and got barbecue. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. You know, her incident. We're not going to go into detail. Right, 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 right. But she's broken. Well. Not mentally, just physically. Yeah. Well. Well. You know, she may not be blood-related to this family, but she's been around it long enough that I'm pretty sure she's mentally broken like the rest of us. Well, can we get a copyright for, for Malvin? I don't know. <laughs> but no press, or uh, bad press is not... Or no such thing as bad press. There it is. Yeah. Well, now if we're talking Pantera songs. My favorite is Five Minutes Alone. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, that's one of my favorite. You know, uh, Cowboys from Hell is good. You know, good friends and bottle pills. I still like five minutes alone. Thirteen steps. Yeah. That's not a bad one either, you know. Well, but then again, I mean, for myself, uh, Great Southern Trend Kill is my favorite album. Okay. Okay. You know, we were wrong in our Pantera deal. Great Southern Trend Kill was the first album that they recorded with Phil 
in New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah. We thought it was reinventing the steel when we were doing our Pantera thing. It was, it was trend kill. I mean, things were going south. Yeah. At that point between the band. Kind of. Um, and, you know, that's when, like, down became a thing. Mm-hmm. But down, that first album, and Nola. I like, and I like down. Yeah. But it's clutchish. It, it's a different sound. It's like clutch. Well, it, it... It reminds me a lot of clutch. Yeah. You know. But down had that, that totally different sound. It was more of a New Orleans-based sound because, well, See, they were uh, all if, from if, New Orleans. If, if Dime... From Louisiana. If Dime and Vinny would have been like James and Lars... That it said, you do fucking down, you're out of the fucking band. Right. The way they did with... Newstead? Newstead. To side project, fuck you, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think that was I think that was mostly Lars, actually. I mean, I think James told him. But mm-hmm. Lars is like going, no, you're cheating on your fucking wife. Your yeah. wife is Metallica. And he's like going, we haven't played in five fucking years. I want to do something. <laughs> you know? As far as you saying that down was like Clutch, I, I've never listened to Clutch. <gasps> yeah, uh, keep that up. Do that again. Okay. I wouldn't see Clutch One more time. The, I wouldn't see no. Clutch at the juke joint. That's why I can. I, that's why I can make that comparison because it, it reminds me a lot of that same kind of kind of heavy that Louisiana sound. But it's just I've heard of Clutch, but it's slower. You yeah, know, don't have that. You know, it's got a groove, but not like that Pantera groove. That yeah, not that power groove. Right. I've heard of Clutch and I've heard it down, but I've never really heard down either. Uh, you got an Amazon Prime? Thank you. Uh, you know, have you got Amazon Prime music? Look it up. Is it on YouTube? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, Stone the Crow. I've got one of their bigger. Like Amazon Prime, but I, I've not been on it <clears> in a while. Yeah. Just, just type it in and look it up. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Down, uh, if you're expecting a Pantera sound from down, <clears> not going to get you it. You are a sadly mistake. Well, because you got Phil from Pantera. Mm-hmm. You've got Pepper Keenan from Corrosion Conformity. You okay. have current. Uh, Kirk Winstead from... And Corrosion sounded a lot like Clutch, too. Yeah. Well, actually, I think Clutch sounds or, a lot like them. Well, yeah. whatever the... Kirk Winstead is from Crowbar. Okay. Um, and those those are your three major players. How, how would you describe Later on, like Rex that? from Pantera joined down. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, How would you describe that sound? Kind of a... A heavy blues, maybe? Um, down? The down, clutch, corrosion. More of a heavy jazz. 
Okay. Jazz yeah. was really big in uh, Nolans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, wasn't there Super Joint? That super, was after. Super Joint was after Clutch. Richard Down. Or down, I mean, yeah. yeah. Now, wasn't that still Phil and Rex? No. Rex was never part of uh, Super Joint. Okay. Hank the Third. Okay. Hank the Third was uh, Hank the Third was on bass, right? Yeah, he was the bass player for Super Joint. Okay. Well, then, that's what I was thinking. Hank Williams, the Third. Hank yes. the Third. That's Junior's boy. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. And now, then you had uh, who, who else was H in and Salmo which, and the Illegals, which. Which Super Joint to me was kind of a more of a punk, hardcore, hardcore. Yeah, it's like two minute songs, just yeah, fast you get them out, type deal. Mm, okay, yeah. So who, who well, else? he just wrote a fucking Super Joint lyric right there. Mm. Mm. Yeah, who me? Oh well, if that's the case, uh, pay my ass anyway. Who else was in? Who Super else was in Super Joint? <laughs> I don't know. Bunch of nobodies. So it was Phil and Hank the Third and then... Yeah. Bunch of other people. Two or three others. I think Kirk Winstead was in uh, Super Joint. Oh, okay, now. From Where Crowbar. Kirk Winstead from Crowbar? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. All right. Oh, fuck. So, to bring us back around. <laughs> then there's uh, the voice of reason over here. Yeah. Saying that, uh, okay, we need to, you know. He's getting ready to go to sleep. Either bring no. it back to what we're talking about, or it's time to go night-night. It's not time to go night-night. Well, I'm just, you know. Um, he's wanting to <laughs> shot of tequila, that's what it is. Well, maybe, or a... Or I just need to make another drink. Or a bathroom. Half a drink, maybe. <clears throat> but anyways. Um, okay, uh, real so quick. We've speed run. Yeah, I know. I know well, you did. Somebody was not prepared. Yeah, well. <laughs> I um, wasn't, but he was. Round of choice. But. Round of choice? Round of choice. <sighs> round what? We talking you know, ammo. guns ammo. or? Ammo. Okay. Ammo. I'm going to say price-wise and for effectiveness, you got to go with 9mm. Yeah. Andrew? Eh, I'm thinking 45. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say 9mm. Uh, the reason being that I'm going to say 9mm, because you get a lot of the purists that say uh, 45, because I want that stopping power. I want that knockdown power. Right. Well... In the last 40 years, there's only one round that has been developed more and made strides, and that's the 9mm round. Because 45, you ain't got to change shit. And then, of course, the 40, which is a 45-round projectile in a 9mm casing. Right. Just like a 300 Blackout is a 308. Is a three hundred eight projectile in a neck down five five six casing, mm-hmm. um, because the only difference between a nine mil and a forty is the barrel, mm-hmm. inside diameter of the barrel. That is it. The only difference between a, a three hundred blackout and a five five six is the inside diameter of the barrel. 
Well, if you if you look to uh, comparable pistols, you lose capacity when you go to a forty. Yes, compared to the nine millimeter. Right, but it, it, and, it's it's and, two rounds. Right, but I mean, and a compact, I should say. Right, but the nine millimeter. I'm sorry if you put five nine millimeters in a guy's chest. He's probably going to get the message. Well, and even a forty-five ACP, if a guy is six foot from you, and you hit him in the chest, and he's got a knife, you're still getting cut. Right. There's, I mean, the five hundred Smith <laughs> may, may be the only handgun round that's actually going to knock somebody back. As far as stopping power. Yeah, both the shooter and the receiver. Exactly. <laughs> you know, a four fifty four Yeah, I don't know. But if some guy's coming at you with a knife and you got a nine millimeter or a forty or a forty five and he's within six feet when you unload into him, you're still gonna get cut. Right. But where I where I like the nine millimeter is the cost. Right. It's a lot cheaper than buying 40s or 45s. Inexpensive. Inexpensive. Right. And you have more capacity. Yeah. I mean, in, in a I subcompact, mean, uh, it's two rounds. Right. Uh, a 13 but, round but you, magazine. But you look at a 45, 19, 11, you got seven rounds. With one in the chamber, you've got eight. You got what? Eight. Okay. In my subcompact shield, I got seven or eight. And one in the chamber, mm-hmm. depending on which magazine I want to carry. And it's a lot smaller, right. easier to carry. Now, if you want to carry the Glock 19, you got what? 15. 15 rounds. And then I've got uh, and, and an extra need, mag. And, and if you need more than that, yeah. you're in a gunfight that you don't need to fucking be in. <laughs> I've, I've got an extra mag in my, uh, that has a plus two base plate on it. So I've got a 17 round magazine. Now see now that's the good thing about the Glocks. You can you can take the magazine. Um, it's a seventeen round magazine in the Glock seventeen. Right, and put and it in the nineteen. You, you can put you can put that in the nineteen. Right, but then you could also take that Glock seventeen magazine and put it in the Glock twenty six, mm-hmm. the compact, mm-hmm. which that one is only six rounds. Mm-hmm. But you can also take that nineteen mag and put it in the twenty six. But you cannot take the 26 mag and put it in the 19 or the 17. Oh, it's just way too fucking short. Yeah. And, no. and besides, yep. a, a Glock 26, and I mean, and Glock makes a 33-round magazine, which is right. stupid crazy. Right. Um, <laughs> well. We were fucking around one day in the shop, and somebody uh, grabbed out one of the 26s we had in the case and put a 33-round magazine in it. And had it in, and yeah, that's that's gonna be a real good concealed carry right there. Well, and that's the thing is, <laughs> we sat there and grabbed out one of the. Uh, How you gonna conceal carry that rent, that magazine? I'm not okay. even talking about the gun, trench coat. <laughs> even then, because if you're carrying appendix, right. your your mag is gonna be you know exactly like you ain't gonna four, you ain't gonna inches. conceal that shit. I guess you could walk in with the normal mag, and if you got a trench coat and had a few of them hanging. 
not giving any ideas to these stupid motherfuckers out there. Right. No, and <laughs> and those magazines were meant specifically for uh, pistol caliber carbines mm-hmm. or PCCs, if you will. Or the now there is a double drum. Oh, I've seen those. Yeah, for the Glock 18, which of course you will never find a Glock 18 in the United States. I don't give a shit what anybody tries to fucking say. They are illegal to import because the Glock 18 is a fully automatic handgun. Now, the only reason I said 45 is because I've got a 22 yeah. Ruger that sits in my console. But your 45 is still in the box. Yes. But. I've got that twenty two right there. And you're you are correct. I've done told you, I've told everybody here that my forty five is still in my, you know, the box that I purchased it. Mm-hmm. Now I probably need to, you know, have it placed somewhere. In the truck. So, so why why is the forty five your favorite carry well, gun then? I just like it. Okay. You know, right, wrong, or indifferent. Hey, you know, you know who are we you know, to you know. say what you like <laughs> is wrong? But we will judge you for it. I've got a. I'm gonna. Yeah, we're gonna judge you for it because you're not carrying it. That's what we're gonna judge you for. Yes. You've still got it in the box. What good's it going to do in a situation? Right, you know. I will, I will, I will tell anybody. You are out correct there, there. I will tell anybody out there listening um, the debate on what what caliber of pistol should you carry for self defense and everything. Whatever you feel comfortable with. There it is. If it's a twenty-two, guess what? A twenty-two can get the job done. Uh, tidbit of information there: the uh, mafia used to use a twenty-two as their execution weapons, right? Because it fits in right behind the earlobe, and in that small spot of the skull where it is not connected, the twenty-two would be able to pierce the skin. Get inside the brain and yeah, bounce, bounce off around. the skull and, and cause total havoc. Yep. Yes. And well, with the heat off of the muzzle, it was just enough to cauterize the entrance wound. Hmm. Ronald Reagan was shot with a twenty-two revolver. Yes, he was. And he almost died because they couldn't find the fucking bullet. Yep. Because it bounced around inside him. And they ended up finding it up under a lung and in between some other stuff. They finally found it because that's a small hole that makes a lot of damage. Well, shit. In the you 80s, know. it wasn't uncommon for somebody to be wearing a Levi's jean jacket. Mm-hmm. And inside the red tab was a twenty-two round. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, like I say, whatever whatever you feel comfortable shooting, if 
you know, if you're carrying a 357 or a 45, but it scares you every time you pull the trigger, that's not the weapon you need to have. Right. You need to have something that you can control and feel comfortable shooting. I don't think a 1911 is a good weapon for an everyday carry. Just because of the way that you have to carry it. It's too heavy, bulky, and and round capacity is, I mean, you might as well have a Glock 19. Basically the same size. No, it's, it's, it's a little it's smaller. smaller. Yeah, the, the uh, Glock 17 is uh, the same size as the 1911. Yeah, that's right. But you've got Glock 19, you got a lot smaller weapon with a lot more rounds. Yes. Yeah, it's not a 45, I'm sorry. Right. But you got, what'd you say? 15. 15? Versus seven. seven. Yeah. And, and then I'd, really have, I'd really have 15 smaller bullets that's going to get the job done as seven that will get the job done. But, well, the one thing about a 1911, once, you, once you're out, you can use it to beat the guy to death. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's a heavy motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So, in... With that being said, uh, I think it is a good point to stop this. Okay. Because, oh, shit. Um, I don't know how many people we probably still have listening after two and a half hours of us babbling about. Well, you know. This, that, and the other. If they're true fans. If they're mm-hmm. true fans, they if, probably just have their headphones on and if they're if, just... they're if they're at work doing their normal job listening, <laughs> that's what I do. Yeah. I'm not gonna sit down and watch a three hour Joe Rogan podcast. No. But I will listen to his podcast on Spotify at work because yeah. I'm there eight plus hours, so I gotta have something to listen to. There you go. So hopefully we're get our people to Liking, sharing. Yes, like, share. Um, tell your friends. Tell, tell people that's not even your friend. Tell your enemies. Yeah, if you, especially if you don't like our podcast, tell your enemies. Listen to these motherfuckers. They're a fucking piece of shit. They're liberal conservative motherfuckers. Who knows what they are? We, we can't tell yet. <laughs> I mean... They like guns. They do... We don't know what the fuck they are yet, so no. Um, <laughs> and that's where we're going to keep it. But I, I, I will say this: one hundred percent, we are red-blooded Americans. Exactly. And I've I've bled a little bit, and it hasn't come out blue or green, so I know it's red. Yep. Um, but until next time, um. Keep one fist in the gold and one foot in the gutter and one, one fist foot in the, in the gutter. gutter God damn it. Can't you ever get that right? No. Gotta, 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 you gotta like, um, what is it? Starting from um, the ground up. One foot in the gutter, one fist in the gold. gold. I'm James. And I am Matt. And this, this is, is Andy. This is Andy. Yeah. Yes. We're, we're waiting. Hey Dwight, how you doing? <laughs> he's calling out. He's calling out that Italian. Uh, That'll probably um, give me some grief next time he talks to us. Yeah. Hey Dwight, call him an Italian. But uh, 
You've just listened right. to another episode of Stew Him Productions presents JM Solve the World After, after dark. dark. And until next time, keep one foot in the gutter and one fist in the gold, and we'll be talking to you. Peace out. Bye bye.